I'm excited about our new series here in 2020, Shift. And, um, you know, I, I was really wondering how it was going to pan out this morning in the first service. Um, first of all, let me just say there's a lot of material to cover, okay? Probably way too much in this first setting. So your plate's going to be pretty full this morning. But here's what I want to encourage you to do, whether it's on a smart device, whether it's on the handouts that we give you. I would encourage you to jot down a few things today, okay? Let's participate. Um, I don't know about you, but that's one of the ways that I learn is I... Um, not only listen, but I try to write a few things down that I feel God's saying to me, um, and just a few key points in the message. So I want you to be able to do that as well. And I would encourage you to do that going forward. Maybe that's a new um, habit that you want to start this year, just going forward and um, taking some notes, because there's no way, no way that you can get everything in one setting hearing, you're going to hear, I don't know what the percentage would be, but it's it's not very high on what I'm about to say, which is very encouraging for me anyhow, and anybody who speaks, I'm being facetious right there, because there's a lot of time, a lot of prep that goes in to, um, first of all, hearing from God, and then beginning to try to um, speak the heart of God to his people. So um, anyhow, just let's, let's try to do that, right? Let's try to just kind of grow a little bit in our faith and in the word, because faith comes by hearing by and through the word of God. We're going to start in Numbers chapter 14. We'll start here. And like I said, I um, really wasn't sure how it was going to go in the first service. Um, it almost even felt like a Sunday school class to me in the first service. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that, um, you know, some things have to be taught. Some things can be preached. And I really didn't feel the nudge to preach this. So we'll see how it goes. Every service is different. Uh, even though the content is the same, the message always comes out different. So let's see how we do. Numbers 14, one says this, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? And our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader to go back to Egypt. How many of you know, if you're following somebody who's going back words, you shouldn't be following that person. You want to be following someone who's leading, someone who's moving forward, someone who's going forward into the promises of God. But yet, here's a group of people that said, we don't want to go forward, we want to go back. Let that not be said of us, especially in 2020. We want to move forward, not backward. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Webster describes the word shift as a move from one place to another. A slight change in position, a slight change in direction, or a slight change in a tendency. And so to me, that's good news. And the reason that it's good news is we're not talking about a complete overhaul. We're not, you know, we're not going to have to do um, this Cleveland Brown thing again, right? That was a good one. I think it was. All right. 
So really all we're talking about is maybe uh, a little tweak here on a few things in our life, a little tweak there to bring things in proper perspective and to bring things in proper alignment for our life. And so we're not talking about major changes. And I think that's what's uh, encouraging to me. We're not talking about, you know, uh, man, this is going to be something big, something major, uh, this complete overhaul. Really, sometimes it's just a little bit of fine tuning. How many remember those old TVs that had those little rabbit ear things on top of it? Any old people in the building? <laughs> Thank you. The aluminum foil helps. And sometimes when that picture didn't come in quite clear on three, five, or eight, you just took those rabbit ears and just tweaked it a little bit and you'd get a clear picture. Fine tuning, thank you. And so sometimes, you know, we're not as far off as we think we are. Sometimes it's just a little fine tuning here and there that really sets us on pace to really fulfilling the purpose and the destiny that God has for our life, or even some of the goals that we have uh, set for ourselves in 2020. And so one of the things I want you to write down, it's not in your notes, but one of the things that I want you to write down here at this point is small changes make a big difference. Just write that down. Small changes make a big difference. And as we continue to go through this series, we'll probably talk about some of the small changes that, uh, that we can make. Just some small changes in our eating habits can make a big difference. Some small changes on uh, when we go to bed and when we get up can make a difference. Uh, small changes on just exercising here and there. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, going, you know, full-blown, you know, go out and spend $2,000 on new gear to go to the gym and then you quit 21 days later, right? I'm talking about just some, you know, that's why we said 30 minutes, 24 hours a day, 30 minutes. Maybe you even split that up, 15 in the morning and 15 in the evening, however you want to do that. But just some small changes can make a really big difference in our lives. And I believe that a slight shift in thought can really have a major impact in our spiritual development. I'm going to talk about how we process, how we think about things today. And that's going to be really the main thrust of the message today. So when you think about it, uh, in the natural, we inherit from our parents. We inherit traits. Uh, we inherit tendencies. We inherit trends from our family, right? We look, at, we look at our family. We look at certain people in our family, and we're like, you know, you act just like fill in the blank, Right? Well, we inherit those things. We, we learn those things. And one of the things that we inherit, one of the things that we learn are mindsets, right? So depending on the environment in which you grew up in, it shapes your mind. And so what you hear and what you see modeled shapes how you think. So if you grew up in a setting that you heard all your life, you're worthless, you're good for nothing, you're never going to amount to anything, 
um, that will incarcerate you because you will see yourself as worthless, good for nothing, and limited in what you can do. But if you grew up and there was somebody in your family, it didn't even have to be, you know, a mother or father, but maybe it was. But if you grew up with somebody in your family and they would look at you and they would just speak life into you and they would speak encouragement into you and they would say, you know what? I see greatness in you. I I see God using you in great and mighty ways. I see I see the gifts and callings and the talents that God has placed within your life. And I, I just see you doing great things, big things for the Lord. Or I just see you doing great things in in whatever area you find yourself in, whatever field you find yourself in. How many of you know that's encouraging? How many of you know that's liberating? Come on, that's liberating. And I would encourage you, if you still have the opportunity to shape and mold the minds of your children, speak life into them. Speak dreams into them. Speak hope into them. Speak vision into them, right? They hear enough negative throughout the day, throughout the week. They get enough negative. Be a positive influence with your words to shape their minds so that they will not be incarcerated in their thought process, but they will be in, they will be liberated in their thought process process when they would say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, if you believe it, go ahead and put those hands together and give him praise. And so this is why at times that we need a shift in our thinking, because wherever your mind is sent, your life will follow. Maybe something you want to jot down. Wherever your mind is sent, your life will follow. Proverbs 23 and 7 says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as God moves us from level to level, from faith to faith, God moves us from level to level and faith to faith uh, head first. In other words, you and I are not going anywhere. Your mind hasn't gone first. I don't care what it is. Uh, Even this morning, it was your mind that told you it's time to get up. Even though your body was saying, no, stay in bed. It was your mind that told you, okay, it's time that we get dressed and get ready because we're going to the house of God. We're going to learn from the word of God today. We're going to be encouraged today by the word of God, right? And like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. That all happened in your mind before you found yourself in your seat today, right? Are you with me? So you're not going to go anywhere that your mind doesn't go first. I've said it this way for for the longest time. What happens in your mind will eventually happen in time. It will. What What you think on the longest will become the strongest in your life. Therefore, I would encourage all of us to make sure that what we are thinking about, what we are meditating on are good things, right? Godly things, God dreams, and God vision. Because no matter where you may be stuck right now in your life, you can shift the way you think and your life will follow it. I'm telling you, if you can just tweak a thought, tweak the way that you think, then your life will follow your thought process. So here's another thing you can write down. You have to mind your mind. You have to do that. Romans 12 tells us that we are to renew our minds how often? Daily. We are to renew our minds daily. We renew our mind by the word of God, 
right? Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And so if you want to, if you want to start developing God thoughts, if you want to start developing God ways, then you have to understand and know what God thinks. And if you want to know what God thinks, all you have to do is read his word and you'll begin to discern and discover what God thinks. So, um, I wrote this down, and I would encourage you to do it as well as you're encouraging yourself. If you would never speak to others the way that you internally speak to yourself, you can change. Did you hear that? If you would never think to speak to someone the way that you internally speak to yourself, then you can change. What am I saying? I'm saying this. We're generally harder on ourselves than anyone else. We're more, we are more critical about ourselves than we are anyone else. So... If you wouldn't stand in front of someone and tell them, you know, you're worthless, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, then why are you saying that to yourself? Why are you speaking those negative things to yourself? If you wouldn't say it to somebody else, don't say it to yourself. But if you would stand in front of somebody and say, you know what, I see God's call on your life. I see God's gift on your life. I, I believe with you. I'm agreeing with you. I see great things in your life. If you'll say that to somebody else, then why won't you say it to yourself, right? Come on. Hey, sometimes it's okay because we all do talk to ourselves. Don't look at me like you don't. I, I... This is why David said, listen, sometimes you have to encourage yourself because there's not going to be a praise team. There's not going to be a preacher. There's not going to be somebody who can impart that. Sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you're going to have to say, self, get up. Sometimes you're going to have to pick up your, your soul and say, soul, we're not going there today. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves today. We're not going to belittle ourselves today. We're going to, we're going to meditate and we're going to declare the things of God over our life. And if your mind can go there, you will eventually get there in your life as well. Amen. So think about that for a minute. One of the things also is I think the passage that I shared with you um, is an example of the, the importance of shifting the way uh, that we think about certain things. Um, we picked up the story in Numbers chapter 14, but really the story begins back in Exodus. Uh, when you look at the story in Exodus, you will find that here we have um, a group of people who have been incarcerated, who have been slaves for nearly 400 years. Uh, they're, they're in a system, an Egyptian system, that has kept them bound, that has kept them incarcerated. And so after 400 years, there was a generation that grew tired of being slaves to a certain way of life. Which, let me interject something here. Um, if you're going to change some things that are going on in your life, and you're going to change some things for the positive, then you have to be tired of the way things are right now. Because if you're not tired of some of, the, some of the things that are going on in your life, you're saying, I need to change this. If you're not really sick and tired of it, guess what? You're not going to change it. But if you'll get to the place where you say, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of struggling in this area. I'm tired of dealing with this. And I'm ready for change to come. That's one of the first steps. That's one of the first processes in your mind that's going to liberate you. So before, before Israel was liberated, there was a cry within their spirit, God, we want to be free. I feel like preaching, but I can't. There needs to be a cry within our spirit. God, I want to be free from this. God, I want to be past this. God, I want to grow from this. God, I need to mature from this. God, I want to move past this. That's one of the first things that we can do 
to have a better us, right? To have a better you. And so they begin to cry out to the Lord for deliverance. And instead of God sending deliverance, God sends them a deliverer. They're crying out for deliverance. And God doesn't send deliverance the way that they thought he was going to send deliverance. God sends them a deliverer. Because God doesn't always answer our prayer the way that we think he should answer them. Right? God deliver us. God deliver us. And I don't know what their thought process was. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they thought God was just going to come down, just move the Egyptians out of the way, and then just set them free. No, God sent them a deliverer to bring deliverance in their life. And Isaiah talks about how that God's ways are above our ways, and God's thoughts are above our thoughts. So God has a way of doing things, and God has thoughts about how he's going to do those certain things in our life. And so one of the things that I think that we should not do in 2020, if we've been doing it in the past, one of the things I need to, I think we need to stop doing is just limiting God to one scenario, to one way. In other words, I'm just going to limit God to the way in which I think he's going to do this. Remember, Israel thought, God was just going to uh, sweep down and deliver them. But God sent them a deliverer. And I thought, about, I thought about more than one way. I thought about multiple ways. And I, I thought about the story when Jesus told his disciples, get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side. And in the middle of getting to the other side, the Bible says that a storm came and uh, the, the disciples were fearful for their life. And in the middle of that storm, Jesus comes walking on top of the water. And the Bible said that he would have passed them by had not they yelled out to him. And one of the things that I think we overlook in this story is what Jesus was trying to get them to see is this. There's always another way. There's always a different way. In their minds, they were limited. The only way that we can get to the other side is to get in this boat and get to the other side. But Jesus was modeling for them, there is another way for you to get to the other side. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but if you've limited God to just one way of getting you out of or getting you through whatever you're going through, I'm telling you, you are limiting what God can do in your life. God can do, God can do anything God chooses to do as long as we don't limit him in the process. I also believe what God was showing them was this. In the natural, you are limited, but in the spirit, you're without limits, right? Because Jesus was walking on the water, which is what? That's a supernatural thing. Would you agree with me? I mean, that's a supernatural thing. And what Jesus was teaching them, and I believe he's teaching us the same way. He's teaching us if we will not limit him, and if we will open our spirit up to him, and we will look to him to get us through whatever we are going through, then we'll slip out of this thing called the natural, and we'll slip into this thing called the super, and God will mix his super 
on our natural, and we will begin to see God do supernatural things in our life. Because I don't know how this Red Sea is going to open up, but if I'll just trust God in the process and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I just believe you're going to do it. I believe God's going to open up some supernatural ideas for people this year that's going to take the limits off of your thinking and the limits off of God, and you're going to do things that you never thought you were going to do. If that's you, go ahead and put your hands together and give God praise. Supernatural. Because I never would have thought that I could find what I needed in a fish's mouth. But that's exactly what the disciples found when, when they had to pay their taxes. Anybody have to pay some taxes right now? Anybody, anybody want to go fishing right now? I, I, yeah? But the Bible said that when they went down through their line into the water, they pulled out this fish, and the first one they caught had the exact amount of money that they needed to pay those taxes because he's a supernatural God. And if we limit him, we'll limit ourselves to a natural realm when we serve a supernatural God. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go out to Lake Erie this afternoon and find fish in our money in a fish's mouth. But here's what I believe. I believe fish represent people, right? I'll make you fishers of what? Men, right? I'll make you fishers of men. Here's what I believe. I believe the blessing that you uh, might need could be in somebody's mouth right now. And all they have to do is say something that causes favor to come into your life, promotion to come into your life. Are you hearing me? Right? where they weren't even thinking about you at one moment, and all of a sudden your face comes to them and they say, you know what, they're the ones who need to get the promotion. They're the ones who need to get the job. That's what I'm talking about. God can do supernatural things if we'll just take the limits off of our thinking and let God do, go beyond what we think or can imagine, right? All right. So there are times, said all that to say this, there are times that when God answers our prayers, it will be different in the way that we think or thought it was going to be. Because the answer to the prayer that Israel had prayed was right in front of them, but they didn't even know the answer was before them. They're asking God for deliverance, and God sends a deliverer by the name of Moses to deliver them. And so here's my, here's my take. I've already given it to you, so here it is again. Don't Lock yourself in to one way, right? Don't do it. One method, one model. Be open to something different, something that you may not have even been thinking about in this season. Now, Moses is an interesting choice to me. And the reason that Moses is an interesting choice to me is because when God begins to share his plan to deliver his people uh, and to bring them out of slavery, Moses begins to communicate back to God, uh, Lord, I think you've made a mistake. Anybody ever had that kind of conversation with God? God, you got the wrong guy. Uh, you have the wrong person. And so Moses now, God's calling Moses. He's commissioning Moses. And Moses starts speaking back to God and telling God, God, you have the wrong person. Here's the first point. The first point, that was all the introduction, by the way. Here's the first point. Number one is God is not intimidated by your or by our inadequacies. He's not intimidated by that. Because Moses begins to share his inadequacies and his insecurities with God. First of all, Moses is saying, you know what, God, I'm a background person, right? I, I like to stay behind the scenes. 
and I'm okay behind the scenes. I'm okay back here taking care of my, they weren't even his. I'm okay taking care of my father-in-law's sheep back here. I'm all right in this wilderness. I'm all right back here by myself. Uh, I'm really not this person that needs to be out front. But yet what God was calling him to was to be in the forefront. And maybe, maybe what's happening in your life in 2020 is God is saying, okay, you've been in the background for, for a long period of time now. Moses was there for 40 years. Maybe God's saying, you know, you've been in the backdrop, you've been behind the scenes for a long time, and now what I'm requiring of you is I want you to take a step forward. I want you to come forward. Maybe God's requiring or asking to you, hey, I, I want you to lead this group. Or maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to open up your home and I want you to host this group. I don't know. Maybe God is saying, you know what? I want you to apply for that job at work. I want you to apply for that position at work. And I know you feel like you're a background person and a backdrop person, but I'm, I'm just encouraging you right now. I want you to go forward in 2020 and I want you to take a step beyond what you think you can do. Come on, somebody. I want you to take a move beyond what you think you can do. And then Moses says, you know what? Um, this position that you're asking me is going to require me to come to the forefront. But not only that, the position you're requiring of me right now is going to ask me to speak. And we got a problem, God. And the problem that we have is um, the Bible says that Moses was slow of speech. Now, depending on who you, uh, who you read, as far as the interpretation of what Moses is saying, some say that Moses had a stuttering problem. Some say that he had a problem uh, being able to uh, articulate and communicate his words. We don't know, but this is what we do know about Moses. We know, we know that God didn't deny the limitations that Moses had. Do you think that it took God by surprise when Moses said, hey, you know what, I have trouble speaking? Oh, Moses, I didn't know that. Thanks for informing me. Do you think that God didn't know when, when Moses was saying, you know, I'm, a back, I'm just a background person. I just like to hang behind the scenes. I mean, after all, God's the one who created him. God's the one who made him, right? Sin mars us. We know that we're all born in a sinful nature, in a sinful world. But God knew the limitations on Moses' life. God knew the insecurities that Moses had. God knew all of the shortcomings that Moses had in his life. And yet God still said, I'm going to use you. Which lets me know that God doesn't go looking for perfect people because there are no such thing as perfect people. God looks for people who are, who are willing to yield themselves to his purpose and his plan, Right? So God didn't deny any of Moses' limitations. He just sent Moses some help. Come on, somebody. How many can use some help in 2020? How many of you can use some assistance in 2020? Don't you be so proud. I don't need anybody. I don't need any help. We all need somebody, and we all need some help. Just nudge your neighbor and tell him, you need some help. Come on, just tell him right now. Hey, do you not think that God could not have changed Moses' condition? I mean, think, could God have healed him? Yeah, he could have. Could God have given Moses in himself everything that he would have needed to accomplish his purpose? Yeah. God could have changed Moses' condition, but he didn't. 
And I think he was teaching Moses a lesson. And I think through Moses, he's teaching all of us a lesson. And that is this, that our inadequacies should not lead to insecurities, but rather they should lead to a dependency upon him. See, this is where, this is where God is getting to in Moses' life. He's getting to the point where he says, Moses, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to understand you cannot do it on your own. It's going to require assistance. It's going to require me working through you. And so God says, I'm going to keep you here, and I'm going to keep you with these uh, shortcomings in your life because God could have taken them away. Paul said the same thing. He said, I prayed three times for God to remove this thorn in my flesh. And God three times refused to remove that thorn from Paul's flesh. And then what, what did God say to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. What God is saying to us is, God is saying, my grace is sufficient for anything you need in your life. And wherever you fall short in, understand that my grace is there to enable you, to support you, to help you, and to move you along on this journey. God is saying, your dependency needs to be upon me and not your inadequacies. Depend upon me. And then he says, by the way, I'm going to give you some help. Just touch your neighbor and tell him help's on the way. Come on, tell him like you mean it. Help is on the way. And I think this is one of the shifts that we need to make mentally this year. I think that we need to own up, and I think that we need to just go ahead and recognize some of our weaknesses. And I'm not talking about us uh, condoning sinful behavior. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about just accepting that. But I'm just talking about there are some areas that we're weak in, and for whatever reason, we're not going to overcome these areas so, God, we just need you to bring some people alongside of us to help us in these weak areas of our life. And so, so uh, we just need to understand that where we are weak, then he is strong in our life. And that's how we just need to view it, and that's how we need to just stay with it. And so could it be that your weakness is God's way of keeping you dependent upon him, strong in him and the power of his might. So rather than focusing then our, on our inadequacies, God sends us assistance. Now, let me give this in two levels. First of all, he sends us the Holy Spirit, right? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? The Bible says he's our helper, right? He's our comforter. He's our guide. He's our teacher, so God sends us assistance in the help of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we're at whatever area we're struggling with, we lean on the Holy Spirit to help us in that area. But God also sent uh, Moses assistance through the help of his brother Aaron. So Aaron then, his brother, would be used by God to assist Moses. Hold on, we're going somewhere. But my thought is this, if Moses had trouble articulating his thoughts to Pharaoh, then wouldn't Moses have trouble articulating his thoughts to Aaron, right? If he's slow of speech, if he was afraid to share those thoughts to Pharaoh because of his inability to communicate, then wouldn't it be the same with Aaron, we know that Aaron was a better speaker than Moses, and it's not about someone being better than you. It's about what God's called you to. Because I can tell you right now, there's probably someone in this congregation, a couple of people, that would be better at doing this than I'm doing it. 
But the fact of the matter is, he called me to do it. Now, he may have called you, I don't know, but he called me to do it. Not because I was the best, but because that's the call that he has on my life. And so whatever he's called you to do, he will give you the grace to do it. Come on, somebody, give God praise and give him glory. So Aaron's the better speaker, but Moses is the one who's called. And if he couldn't figure out what Moses was saying, then how could God use Aaron to assist Moses? Could it be that God sent Aaron to Moses, not just because Aaron had the ability to speak, but could it be that God sent Aaron to Moses for his, his ability to interpret? What does that mean? Could it be that he sent Aaron to Moses because he understood Moses? Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> You and I need people, here it is, you and I need people who understand us without us saying anything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to explain what's going on. You just know me, right? You understand me because God has gifted you and God has called you into my life for that very purpose. You need someone who gets you because of who you are. That's what we need. They get your inadequacies. They get your shortcomings. They get your flaws. They get your weaknesses. But they also understand God's called them. God's gifted them. God's anointed them. And God has called me to be a part of their life so that I could help them fulfill the, the dream and the vision that God has for their life. My prayer, your prayer should be, God, send me some people that get me. And the people that are in my life now that don't get me, open their understanding so that they can get me, so that they will be able to interpret me no matter what season I'm in in my life. Do you get what I'm saying right here, right now? So I can be me, right? Just let me be me. Accept me for who I am. And I believe that's what God's going to do in some, some of our lives this year. I believe that you're going to find some new relationships, people that are going to come into your life and they'll say, I get it. I understand it. Because friends are God's gift to us to help advance God's assignment for us. That's what they're there for, right? Number two, I got to hurry. How long have I been going? Three minutes? Seems like 30. <laughs> Shortcuts are not always the best route. Um, when it comes to spiritual development, which is what we're after right here, the path that God lays out for us many times will not always be the easiest path. You have to understand that. But you will know that it is the best path. Not the easiest, but the best. And anytime you or I try to circumvent the process of God, the path, the steps that God has ordered in our life, we will end up paying the price for that. We'll end up paying the price for it. If we try to take a shortcut in our spiritual development, we will end up paying the price for that. Because guess what? God's not going to pass you to the next grade just to get you out of that class. 
not, it's not like some teachers are fed up with this kid and let's just move them in the system and move them along. That's not how God works. God says, I'm not going to pass you just, to, just so you can pass. God says, I'm going to have you take the test over until you get it, until you pass it. And so if we try to take shortcuts, then God's going to take us right back to where we started, and God's going to say, okay, here's where we're going to start, and this is the path that you need to take in order to get where I'm taking you. Look at this in Exodus chapter 13, uh, verse 17. Here it is. When Pharaoh let the people go, right? How many of you know this is going to be your breakout year? Somebody needs to claim that right now. I'm going to break out this year. When Pharaoh let the people go, God, watch this, did not lead them in the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter, easier. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return back to Egypt. Here's what we have to understand. Here's what we have to understand about the Philistine country. Um, Goliath was a Philistine. Goliath was a giant whom David slew. You know that, Sunday school. So in the land that they were, if God would have let them go straight through, they would have had to face some giants in front of them. Here's the problem with that. They weren't ready to face some giants. All right? And so God knows what, what we're ready for and what we're not ready for. And so God was not keeping something from them. He was keeping them from something. And so we have to understand that there are some things in our life spiritually that we are not ready to fight yet. And I know we may think we're big and bad, but I'm telling you, you have to understand the realm of authority that you're operating in. And I don't have time to teach on spiritual authority today, but there are realms, there are levels that God says, you're not there yet. You're not ready for that yet. And if I let you go this route, and if I let you take this path, What's going to happen is you're going to get in the middle of this thing and you're going to get discouraged and you're going to be defeated. And if you're discouraged and you're defeated, you're going to want to go back. And how many of you know it is not in God's plan for you to go back? It's not in God's will for you to go back to Egypt. It is in God's will for you to go to your promise, to the blessing that he has for your life. And so God is trying to keep us from being discouraged and defeated and to have this mentality that that I can't do this, that I'll never make it, therefore I need to quit and go back. No, God is building our faith, and sometimes it's just trusting God to take the longer route and understand that he's not prohibiting us, he is protecting us. Amen. That's a good place to give him praise right there. He's simply protecting us. It's God's way of protecting us spiritually for battles that we're not ready to fight. We're just not there yet. So here's my take from this. You need to be prepared for some things to take longer than you planned. That's good news. You just wanted to hear that today, didn't you? Well, this is going to take a little longer than I thought. 
But that's okay. Because if it's God's way of leading you around something, know that he's keeping you from something that has the potential to damage you, to harm you, and to cause you to go back. Number three, advancement brings opposition. Advancement brings opposition. Here's our scripture. Numbers 13. I'm almost done, I promise. They came back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community at Kadesh, Kadesh, in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. In other words, everything you said, it's there. Everything God promised, it's there. Here's the fruit. Here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. Whatever you said, this is it. But, how many of you know we have to get our butt out of 2020? We have to get rid of some excuses. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large, and we even saw the descendants of Anak there. Those are giants. I want you to notice something. In one season, God says, you're not ready to face the giants. But now in this season, God says, you're ready to face the giants. And now they're saying, we're not ready to face the giants. But yet God is saying, you're ready. How many of you know he knows, he knows where he can send you and when he can send you there? And so now the whole thing is flip-flop. They wanted the shortcut earlier. God says, you're not ready for that. Now God says, you're ready for it. And now they want to go and they want to retreat back. Why? Because they didn't understand that advancement comes with opposition. If I don't care what you're going to advance in, there will be opposition. They didn't realize that with promotion, there comes a price. To whom much is given, much is required. They forgot that when you uh, get more of what you want, you'll get more of what you don't want as well. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They forgot that when you get a promotion, it doesn't come without pressure. When you get notoriety, there will be haters. Advancement comes with opposition. Here's the way we used to say it back in, back, in, um, back in the day. New levels, new devils. Not new to time, but new to us. Because at this level, we didn't fight these devils. But at this level, now we're fighting certain things. You understand what I'm saying? Right? And so there's going to be opposition. If you say, you know what, I'm going to get in shape this year. Let's just use this physical analogy. I'm going to get in shape this year. And you start lifting some weights. How many of you know what's on the other end of that weight? Opposition. Resistance. Resistance is simply letting you know there's an enemy. There's an adversary. But God, think about it this way, is using that enemy to strengthen you. That resistance that you're feeling, God is using to strengthen you spiritually. So that's not the time to retreat. That's the time to continue to advance in what God has called you 
too. Right? So here's my last point. Write it down. Don't settle. Don't settle. In 2020, don't settle. That needs to be our attitude because here's what happened. When they saw the giants, when they saw opposition, when they saw the fortified cities, this is what they said. You know, you know what? We're good right here. We're good right here in the wilderness. And they were willing to settle rather than advance and receive God's best. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I just chose to settle. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't want to fight. Maybe I didn't want to persevere, those types of things. And I chose to settle. But I want us to have a mindset this year that we refuse to settle for anything less than God's best. Is that all right? I want you to stand with me and let's give the Lord praise as you're standing this morning. Listen, their bodies were there, but their minds were not. And the reason I know their minds weren't there is because their mindset is revealed by what they want to run back to. Because when they get in trouble, what do they say? Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to where we came from. This overcoming, overcomer's mindset is not one that wants to retreat and not one that wants to go back. It's one that can be developed like Joshua and Caleb and said something like this, hey, listen, we're well able. We are well able to take this land. We are well able to defeat these giants. Bible said they had another spirit a different spirit than the rest of the, the other 10 spies. And that was a, a conquering spirit. Well, your Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And so I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging me and I want us to hold each other accountable that we are not going to settle in 2020. We're just not going to do it. Right? We know the God of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe should not perish, shall have everlasting life, right? We know that God, but do we know the God of Ephesians 3, 20? Do we know the God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working within us? Do we know that God? Because the same God who's in John 3.16 is the same God who is in Ephesians 3.20. Same God. And he's able to save us. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to his power that's working within us. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't you dare settle. Don't you dare settle. Don't you dare settle. Don't you dare settle. Don't you quit on your dream. Don't you quit on your dream. You need to find you an accountability partner this year. And you need to let them know, this is my dream. This is my goal. And anytime you feel like settling, you need to get a hold of them. 
that accountability partner needs to ask him, are you settling right now? Are you settling right now? Not settling for anything less than what God has promised me. Amen. So, Father, right now, I pray, God.